0: Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and under the weather, Carter Baum. And coming up on this week's episode, we discuss the resurgent Dominique Kubalik and his current six-game point streak, Patrick Kane as he nears 1,000 career points, Jonathan Taves and his three straight multi-point nights. And we have gold medalist Kendall Coyne joining the show to look ahead to her upcoming Blackhawks Originals feature as fast as her and discuss the upcoming three on three women's tournament taking place at the 2020 NHL All-Star Weekend. All that and more coming up on Blackhawks Insider presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive.
1: Hey, Blackhawks fans, your local Chevy dealers have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for you. Take your best shot to win the 2020 Chicago Blackhawks Custom Blazer. It's a one-of-a-kind performance machine with its custom Blackhawks leather interior and Chicago Skyline grill. You can't win if you don't enter, so go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and register right now. You must be 18 years or older to enter. Someone's got to win, so it might as well be you. Go for it drive what Kane and Taze drive.
0: Welcome into Blackhawks Insider. I am Carter Baum. Uh, believe it or not, gentlemen, a uh, little under the weather this week. You got a frog so, in your throat? A little bit. He's playing uh, hurt. Uh, He's little a little playing hurt, but you know, we gotta. everyone's got to suck it up, yeah. play through the pain. Uh, we're here. It's a Wednesday. We're recording the podcast. We've got a good one on the docket today. Kendall Coyne joining us later on the show, of course, such an icon in the women's hockey yeah. game and a big announcement coming out that uh, the women are making another appearance at the NHL All-Star Game. They'll play a three-on-three tournament. There's a Blackhawks Originals uh, feature coming out on her and what the last year has been like for her since she became the first woman to take part in the fastest skater competition a year ago. Uh, It's called As Fast As Her. It debuts on January 22nd. Uh, So a great conversation with her later in the show. But first off, guys, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. Blackhawks fresh off an overtime win over the Ottawa Senators, 3-2, to another come-from-behind win. Um, Normally, we would probably start off the show by talking about Patrick Kane and how he's got 997 points now. We talked a little bit about it last week, but probably for the first time ever, a young rookie by the name of Dominique Kubelik is going to overtake the conversation because he has seven of the last 11 Blackhawks goals. He's on a... Six-game point streak, a five-game goal streak, multiple goals in his last two games, and he once again stole the show again last night.
2: And they needed him too, right? They needed a player to step up. We've been talking about that all season long. Someone's got to step up here, whether it's Nylander or whoever, and here we go, Kubalik is the guy mm-hmm. who, when he touches the puck now, I think he's going to score almost every yeah. time, right? He's yeah. putting himself in great pos- in great spots, scoring the bulk of his goals from in front, although we did see the breakaway nice move last night. Just a, a revelation for Stan Bowman to bring in a guy like that for what, for a draft pick from the LA Kings. Fifth, and, uh, he
1: got, gave up a fifth round pick from Arizona yeah. to get Kubalik. He was a seventh round pick from the Kings.
2: And now you're talking about a first Jeez. line player who could potentially score 30 goals this yeah. season. And kind of still learning the North American game a little bit, still learning his role with the Blackhawks in the NHL. And, boy, Berhigas looks really confident now.
1: Um, and Stan said that this summer, and none of us knew who Dominic Kubalik was, and he said, this, is, this guy's going to be a top-six player for us. And a guy the Kings kind of passed on and, and didn't want. And, um when he first came in too, and I I like what Jeremy and the staff did with him too. Is he started off third line minutes? Mm-hmm. He started you know no special teams really, kind of like all right. He played well. He was always responsible. You'd notice him. He could shoot the puck. He Scored a couple nice goals in the preseason. Looked good in training camp. But let's just let's let's ease him into this. Let's see what he can do. Let's try and find a role for him. And all of a sudden now he's on your first line with Kane and Taves, just lighting the league on fire. So. A great find by the Blackhawks staff and and a nice job by the coaching staff just bringing him up and bringing him up and not giving him too much too early. But, geez, you go back to that Ottawa game, but he have three shots in his first shift. He was out high. Like yeah. you said, Chris, he finds himself in good spots, and um, he's confident right now. And I think back to two games ago when – when uh, Gizmo interviewed him as the first star of the game, and he said, man, you must be feeling good right now, and he goes, yeah, feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am
2: I am feeling pretty good out there right now, and he should be. Well, he leads all rookies in the NHL in goals, and what's interesting for me, I've been watching, you know, I watch Twitter during games, yeah. and it's fun to watch, like, kind of the national media kind of chime in on Cougar oh, yeah? you didn't hear anything, right? Yeah. And now it's like, you know, Darren Dreger says something, I was, hey, I was just talking about this, Ray yeah. Ferraro, now he's starting to get the name recognition out, out there, and What that could lead to, if he keeps scoring at this pace, is possibly a nomination for the Calder Trophy, which would be a big boon for um, really the Blackhawks organization to have a guy like that. Um, already contributing like that and being the, the national picture.
1: Yeah, and you don't want to get too far out of here. So I think the last time we re, we taped a podcast last week, I said, I'll pencil him in the rest of his career as a 20-goal scorer. I mean, he's a 30-goal yeah. scorer, I think. Now, I, I, I think I misspoke on this guy. The ceiling just keeps getting higher and higher for him. It's if a he,
2: shot, right? I mean, he yeah. a terrific shot. Be- and yeah. He's got a little time and space, and once he gets it off, it's going to go in. Yep. If he continues on his current pace,
0: he could hit 20 goals by the end of the night. Yeah, so no you know, you don't know. But uh, 18 goals for Dominique Kubelik. Another strong performance last night as well from Jonathan Taves. Three points factoring in all three goals. An assist on each of Kubelik's goals as well as, no big deal, the game winner. His 12th overtime goal, the most for any NHL player since the three-on-three format was introduced before the 15-16 season. Uh, Captain Clutch continues to come through when it counts for the Blackhawks. That's his third straight multi-point game as well.
1: Yeah,
2: all season long, you know, we kept waiting for him to kind of string games together. Yeah. He would have one great game and go, okay, here we go. You know, Taves was kicking in, and it wasn't there. And then recently, he started to put them together, and then... You, know, you talk to him in the dressing room, Bernie, and say, "Hey, things are going well." He's like, "Are they? Are they going yeah. that well?" Look at my numbers. i are like, "Well, now you can look at the numbers, multi-point performances, and what the last three games, and really kind of carried the Blackhawks, him and Kubalik, I thought, and of course, you know, Patrick Kane in there as well. But those three guys have really spearheaded this kind of resurgence from the Hawks.
1: The the superstar players' points matter. They, yeah. You know that, and and yeah, it's about the team. Taves is an amazing leader, but. the points still matter. These guys still want to score points every night. They still want to be up there in the standings. They want to lead the team in points. Your star guys... That's what motivates them and drives them. And it's a good thing because if they're not scoring, the team's probably not winning. And certainly on on this team, we've seen that this year that their studs need to carry the mail. But you're right, Chris, if you want to string a bunch of wins together, you're going to need some secondary scoring. Dominic's doing that. You know, you said Nylander, maybe Doc, get get some other guys to contribute. Now you can really start getting yourself back in the hunt here. But your superstar guys, they want points. And... If you're losing some games or you're winning two, losing one, if you're not, that you're going to get that answer from Taves. I am doing well. Well, my stats don't say it. Now that he's stringing some points together, he looks fast out there. He's yeah. playing well. The team's playing better, I think. Their team game is better, um, and it seems like they got a little jump when they put Kane, Taves, and Kubelik together, too, didn't
2: it? Yeah, where do you stand on that? I mean, you know, Joel Quenville talked about it during his stint here. He wants to balance it out. That's why you didn't see Taves and Kane together for a long time. Jeremy Colleton the same thing. Well, we want to balance, we want to get four lines rolling. But you look around the league, and other teams have their top three producers on the top line. I get that, you know, matchups where other teams can kind of match up defensively again, you know, but where do you stand on Putting those three guys together for as long as it lasts.
1: Yeah, it's a I mean, it's it's a fun thing for us to be able to sit and debate. I mean we're not in the coaching room. I understand what Jeremy's saying when he says, Listen, we've got to have some type of some type of balance here. We can't load it all up, and now what else plays into a factor? That is the injuries. You got Dylan mm-hmm. Strom out, and you got Brandon Saad out, and, and Shaw out. So you got three top six guys out. That's an entire line of of your top six that's not playing right now. So I get the balance. I, I still really think that you need to load a lineup. That yeah. That's just my opinion. I think those guys like playing together. You could see them kind of light up as the game went on once they got to play together. And, you know, I said this on TV last night too. It's that I, I think that if if – if I'm giving a message to the team, it's, all right, you three guys, we all know you three got to score. Kubelik, Kane, Taves, you guys are going to carry us. Dabrinkit's going to get hot again. I believe that. I think if you score 40 goals one year, it doesn't go away. So he's your second-line guy. Put him with Kirby Dock. Your bottom six guys, I'm telling them, you guys play ping-pong out there. Mm-hmm. You don't get scored on. You, you give us some energy. You block shots. You give some hits. Exactly what happened in that third period last, last night. The game was tied he was rolling four lines. Everybody was pretty much playing. Maybe a couple guys were, were not playing. he double shift Kane, but those guys, they didn't get scored on. They were responsible. They were reliable. He could keep putting them back out there. And then what happens? You get yourself to overtime. Let's let our horses go out and win it for us. And that's what happened. That's the formula for me. So I, I, I say load it up.
2: Here's why I think it works because I think it, here's why it works both ways, right? To have Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and Kubelik on that top line. And then to move Kane to another line and balance it out is because you're talking about a player in Patrick Kane who can create scoring chances even when they're not there, right? I mean, the guy can uh, get separation like no other player yeah. in the league, really. So you've got a, a player who, even if defensive scheme against him or that line, he's still able to do it. You can't do that with every line you know. when teams go out there and put their best defensemen out there or the best you know, five-on-five guys. But Kane is able to find time and space and make his linemates better. And that to me is why I think it works both ways. But that's why I stacked that top line. Because you wanted line to go out there and every time they go out there, you get dominate. a chance to score.
1: And and what and Jeremy did this a bit yesterday too was with Kane too. We know you can play him 25 minutes, yeah. no problem. So you can play him 17, 18 minutes on that top line and then sprinkle him in down on a third or fourth line, too. And I and I can tell you playing against the Hawks back in the day when when they would double shift Kane and all of a sudden now the other team's matchups, like I don't care if Kane's playing with the team's fourth line, you've got to get some extra, uh, your top defenseman back out there because he might score on playing with two fourth line guys. He might set up Carpenter backdoor for a layup. He might set up Sakura for a layup who knows. So you can sprinkle him in you come off a penalty kill. Taves kills penalties. Kane doesn't. So if Taves is out there killing a penalty, you can't come back with that line. So put Kane back out there with your third or fourth line guys, get him some extra minutes that way, double shift him, and then you can still say we have some balance.
2: I think whatever line Kane is on, it's no longer the fourth
1: line. It's the first line. Yeah, it's the first line,
2: right.
0: Well, even when Kane was on the third line, he was still getting the most time, the quote-unquote third line. He was still getting the most time on ice of any forward, and you saw that where he would double shift. He's on the third line, so he can also play with the first line and space things out. But this team... Is going as Kane goes right now. Another two points last night, two a goal. I'm sorry, two assists, uh, including an assist on the overtime game winner, where I don't think he touched the puck for some 15 yeah. to 18 seconds <laughs> yeah. afterwards. Nice, nice assist for nice assist, assist. Yeah. that. But it was his 997th career point. We sat here a week ago. We said, by the time we were recording this show, he could have hit it. He's very close. He, in all likelihood, will hit it before the team returns home on Sunday.
1: Okay, when's um, the team? What do they got until Sunday? So they, they have
0: got, Montreal tonight, Wednesday night. Yep,
1: and then Toronto. And
0: then Toronto on Saturday, Saturday.
1: And then back home Sunday. And
0: then back home Sunday.
1: So three games. He's got to get three points to hit a thousand. Maybe uh, come on, Kaner, just take one game. He's like, on a don't seven. Score. He's do on a here. seven
0: game point streak. <laughs> so just you know, one at a time. Yeah. Go out. You score your one. And it's,
2: don't coast, but you know, yeah. pass know, the
0: puck and make sure your teammates pass yeah. it a couple. Yeah, I know he really,
2: really wanted to do it in Chicago. Yeah. And I know his father who doesn't like to fly, right? Yep. So he's, he's had to go to he's gonna have to go to Toronto, which isn't far from his home. But um, you know, he was in Ottawa. He's got to go to Montreal. He wanted him to do it in Chicago as well. But um, go ahead and do it on the road, Patrick. If it means a win, go ahead and do it on the road. Yeah. Well, and it, if it does happen, if it happens in, in Montreal, it's
0: a three point night. Great way to do it. Yep. Right. Typical Patrick Kane style, multiple points dominating the game do what you do but if he does it on saturday in toronto it's going to be kind of a full circle moment because on friday night he is going back to london where the london knights are going to retire his number on friday night for his you know one season there where he put up 145 points in 58 games in 0607, no big deal there uh and then to go out and score your thousandth point the very next night it'll be a pretty surreal 36 hours right there
1: i and the reason I think it could happen there too is that's hockey night in Canada, uh, in Toronto. That's, you know, for, for, you know, Americans that don't know hockey, that's Monday night football, wouldn't yeah, you right. say? I mean, that's the, yeah. that's the big stage in Canada. Everybody watches. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he did it there though. Cause that's, he, that, that's right? just a
2: media scrum in Toronto, right? Yep. If, he, if that happens. Yep. Yeah. I, yep. I think you're right, but he likes the spotlight. Yep. He likes those big games. I suspect he, when he comes back to Chicago and, Everybody can honor him Sunday with a nice video, and uh, they can stop the game and you know present him with whatever for, yeah. for a thousand points. But I think, I think you get a cool happen.
1: stick, don't you? Like a gold, is it silver? think you get is it a silver? Yeah. silver no games, you, you get yeah games. Stick. You get a silver one. I want to say whatever yeah. we'll five hundred goals or a Chevy thousand in there points. on the ice, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah. And, uh, yeah. 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 So He's
0: he's fourth in team scoring, and he's top four in every scoring category. I think wow. I think he can get whatever he wants. Yeah. So, but a fantastic night it will be for him. We we said the same thing last week, but a really cool moment. I know he's. Probably excited to get it out of the way. Yep. Uh, it's a lot of the conversation now, but uh, he's headed to the All-Star Game next week. And then um, one last thing I wanted to touch on, Robin Leonard. Yeah. Back in for the last two games. It's a back-to-back tonight. I imagine we'll see Corey Crawford, but Robin Leonard's won seven of his last eight decisions. Um, when you take out the three games he missed with his knee injury, he started eight of the last nine. He's really kind of taking the reins in terms of the starter and goal or the guy that... This team can can lean on, and as you mentioned, have that up production up front because of what he's doing at the back.
1: Yeah, and he gives. I, I think he gives the the team defense a lot of confidence, and that's the one thing we've talked about all year is that struggling a bit defensively in their D zone, and I think when you have a guy like him that I mean he's making some saves that he has no business making I think he shocks himself half the time but when you got that when that's going on back there I think it allows some of these young defensemen to relax a little bit or to make a play that they're probably think gosh should I make this play or not the answer is usually probably no but you know what I like when these young guys can like a Boquist when he can jump up in the play and he can try and make some passes and he can handle the puck and he can play with a little more confidence and take some chances. Because you know you got this guy back there, and you may you're probably not going to get scored on for a big air. So it, it gives your young defenseman a lot of confidence with what he's doing back there. And um, and I think his and I've said this before. I think his attitude and you can call it a swagger, or call it what you want. Uh, I think that rubs off on the team too. He says it as it is. Guys hear his interviews. Guys hear him in the locker room when they have a bad period. He comes off and he'll cuss up and down at the bench and. That rubs off on the team a little bit. That, that wakes guys up. Well, you know, it, it helps defensively, but also
2: offensively. It's really allowed the Blackhawks to open it up because, you know, frankly, if you don't have a good goaltending goal behind there, then you've got to concentrate on defense. We saw at the beginning of the season didn't work so well as far as yeah. wins, but now that they can open up offensively knowing that, yeah, they're going to have some odd man breaks. There's going to be some guys open and, and taking some high-danger chances. And Leonard's been there to stop those, and to some extent Corey Crawford as well. So you've got to have that go- good goaltending if you're going to open it up offensively, and I think we've seen that. But you guys, I guess you know, I love the optimism happening here. I, I like what's happening with the Blackhawks overall, but, you know, I'd like to see them beat a team that's not the Red Wings. True. Or the Ducks, you know, or the yep. Senators. You've got to up your game here, beat some teams that are playoff teams, and then get on that kind of role. Jeremy Calton talked about you can't get eight or nine in a row back, but win every two out of three. They're, yep. they're kind of playing at that pace now, but the schedule's going to get tougher. So you gotta really up your level even more.
1: Yeah, Montreal's struggling. Right. But then you go into Toronto. Right. You go into a buzz saw in Toronto. Let's see what happens there. Let's see. That's one where if I'm in that locker room, I'm saying, all right, we you know, we beat Otto, we beat Anaheim, um say they win tonight uh in Montreal. All right, those are three teams that are kind of real and struggling. Now let's show people that we right. you know, we want to make this thing real. You keep talking about wanting to finish before the all star break on a high. Well, here's a good game to prove it.
0: Well, and also we still have not really seen a full 60 minutes which we talked about time and time again you know even the game in ottawa you're down to nothing in the first period to a team that hasn't won since before christmas i believe i mean you you have to put together the full 60 minutes and i think we're, we're starting to see more and more of that it's it's good that they can fight back when they need to and have that opportunity but it's part of the growth of this team and it's it's slowly happening and you're seeing it but i mean like you said cook for for it to happen this season it's got to happen quick, and you know, you've know you got to win some of these big games. You've got to compete for the entire 60 minutes because some of these teams that you have on the last part of the schedule, they can take full advantage of it.
2: Well, I think you know what's encouraging about the Ottawa game is they, they weren't awful in the first period. They didn't come out yeah. flat. They yeah. weren't out played yeah. a lot. There were a couple of blown assignments there that led to a 2 nothing. Yep. And the, the thing with this team is it's very confident when, when it goes behind. You know, a lot of young teams sometimes go, okay, this one's over. Let's go get yeah. the next game. But when they were down 2 nothing in there, and I know it was the Senators, but – to me, there wasn't this feeling like, oh, boy, it's going to be a long night here. It was just a matter of time before they pulled together. And really, that's exactly how you had to play that game, right? You had to you had to clamp it on a little defensively. I mean, they really, they kept center shots down where they had five or six in the third period. Yeah, that's that's it. the way you need to play on the road. And then you need some big goals from some big players, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it was
1: the, the first two there behind. That was It was, I don't know, you it, it got a boneheaded play. It was just yeah. a couple of missed assignments. Off a face-off, coaches hate when you get scored on off a face-off. It's a point shot, fine. Some of those go through, but when it's just you're not picking up your guy, it's, it's a very easy play off a face-off. Certain guys stay with certain guys, and then there's a little bit of chaos, but center stays with center. Defenseman on the wall. You take your guy to the net. Net front, you take that guy coming to the front of the net, and it was almost a three-on-one at the net. So that was one where it's just like, all right, guys, just focus in a little bit, and we can get this thing back, and they did. So you, you could take a positive out of that.
0: They're also – Confident on the road. They've won five of the last six road games. Of course, we're saying this now before a road game, so right. we don't want to jinx it. But um, since November 8th, they have tied for first in road points with 20, tied for third in road wins with nine in the league. They feel it on the road, and that's a good thing because coming up in February, you have 11 of your 14 games
2: come on the road, only three home games in the entire month of February. Yeah, there's some uh, some outrageous number. They're, they're on the road 40 of the next 60 days or something like that. Really? Something, something outrageous, yeah. which – you know, normally you go, oh, man, that's going to be tough. But with this team, they seem to play better on the road. They have this mentality. Ask Jeremy Collins. Like, you, you're talking about how we have to play well at home, but now you've got to turn it around. Okay, we're on the road trip. He said, we just need to play exactly how we've been playing on the road. Keep it tight. You know, keep it within striking distance. And then, you know, b- get some big goals. Rely on your goaltending. The young players are developing. It's just a, it, it's a better road team now than it's a home team, which – you know, normally I'd say that's that's not a great formula, but right now it's working for the Hawks. Yeah,
1: it's coming. I think it's just, a, for me at least, when a young team, I think it's a confidence thing. I think mm-hmm. you come at home, you come to this building, and it's just rocking, and, and you're a young kid just playing. You're kind of like, holy man, like this is crazy. This is cool. I'm playing for the Blackhawks at the United Center. And, and a team that hasn't strung a bunch of wins together, it's not a confident team that can just go out there and turn it on. And so I think sometimes at home you feel more pressure. And I think this team, when they go on the road, they're not expected to win. you are on the road or, you know, we're the underdog. Um, and I think sometimes you play a little more calm when you're not as confident. And it, that'd be my explanation. Who knows? But um, I know I've, I had that feeling sometimes as a young player that once I got on the road and um, I could, you know, I wasn't expected to play to put a show on for the team. I played on teams that were like that. And then all of a sudden, maybe if they go on this road trip and they do win two out of three or they put they win three out of four and they get a good little roll together, they start getting some confidence. I think you'll see a better home team.
0: Well, we can talk all day about the Blackhawks, but I do want to get moving forward because we have an Olympic gold medalist waiting on the line for us. Uh, Kendall Coyne is joining us. A Blackhawks Originals feature coming out uh, next Wednesday, January 22nd. Before we talk to Kendall, I know both of you have gotten a sneak peek at this. Uh, it's a about 18 minute, almost film. What are your thoughts uh, on on the video? Give give fans just a little bit of a preview of maybe what they can look forward to, and um, just seeing the incredible journey that uh, Kendall Coyne has taken, not only in her life, but within the last year of trying to advance the women women's game and kind of being that that vocal leader. Uh, in terms of doing that.
2: I don't want to be that guy, but I literally, I laughed and at some point I cried a yeah. little bit, you know, I was a little dusty in the room. It's just, yeah. it's inspirational, right? And you know, I've got a 10 year old son. I was thinking, boy, I would like him to see this. I want yeah. him to, to look what somebody else can do with their life and inspire people. And um, you know, Kendall, um, she was inspired by Cameron Granado growing up and you know, and then she's now, she's paying it forward. And it's really, I think she's a great ambassador for the game. Uh, it's a, it's a great video. I just encourage people to watch it. I'm not selling anything here. I think it's just, it's, it's fun to, it's Your a fun thing checks to see. Your in the mail don't worry. <laughs> so we're clear on that. But I, I really enjoyed it. It's really well done uh, by the group here. Uh, and Burr, I know you saw it. And it's yeah. just, a, it's a really fun thing to watch. Yeah, I
1: think people will be impressed by it. And it was, it was a neat story. And, um, you know, what she did, it, it ties everything. It ties women's hockey coming up. It ties a young girl playing hockey with boys. Uh, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, this this girl that grew up in Illinois playing with boys, she ends up on the ice at the NHL All-Star Game. And a, a couple hours, maybe a day before, gets told, oh, by the way, you're going to have to skate in the fastest skater competition because one of the guys just pulled out. It was a, It's a neat movie that people are going to enjoy. And I know she talks about um, you know, wanting to get more exposure for women's hockey and how the game is fast and it is skilled and it is good. And and I do agree with her. And I had a sister that played women's hockey, and, and I always remember. And I've seen the I've seen Kendall Coyne's team practice when they've done stuff in Chicago. Um, but if you go to a women's practice, I always wish that some of my NHL teammates would you know go and watch this, and because this is how we should practice. Because their passes are perfect. They're always on the tape. They're fast. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest. You go to an NHL practice some days. There's pucks going everywhere. There's guys missing passes, shooting them into guys' skates, missing the net. Um, the girls are, they're, they're, they're incredibly skilled and they're really fast. And, um, uh, you could almost say like, it's a coach's dream to have a practice the way they practice because, um, their skill level will blow you away.
0: Not only is she an Olympic gold medalist, but she does a ton of work in the Chicago community with youth camps. Um, she has the golden coins program at fifth third arena, getting girls into the, into youth hockey, specifically girls and, and focusing on their development. But, uh, she does a great job all She's the way around. Uh, like you said, she's a stud, and without further ado, it's Kendall Coyne.
2: So, Kendall Coyne up first, an Illinois native out of Northeastern University. She scored two goals for the United States in Pyeongchang last February.
1: Kendall Coyne in the home stretch.
2: She beat her time yesterday she was here practicing talked to her before uh, the events got started she was a little nervous about it and who wouldn't be but an outstanding job
0: we are pleased to be joined now by kendall coin a gold medalist with the u.s women's hockey team uh, she drew all kinds of eyeballs last year gentlemen at the all-star game competing in the fastest skater competition and nearly, very nearly coming near at the top of the list. Uh, Kendall, thank you for joining us today. And first off, tell us a little bit about just what this last year has been like. I'm sure it's been uh, a little bit of a whirlwind since uh, this time last year.
3: Yeah. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. And, uh, it's crazy to think it's been a whole year since, Um, the all-star weekend last year and the moment uh, barriers were broken. I became the first woman to compete alongside the men in the NHL all-star skills competition. And a lot has happened since then. And, you know, as we sit here today, I still think uh, barriers are being broken and eyes are being put on the women's game after, after that moment. Um, And it was a moment that Uh, No one could foreshadow, Uh, you know, it was a moment that happened in in real time, Um, you know, when Nathan McKinnon got hurt and I I happened to be there and, um, you know, here we are today. Um, but I think it was a, it was a big moment for our sport because it real people, a lot of people realize, uh, you know, women can skate, uh, the game is fast. It's skilled, uh, they're talented and they're hockey players. And to be able to do, to do that alongside the NHL all-stars and, and have their reactions as pure as they were and, um, to have them speak as highly, um, you know, about us as they do their peers really validated our game. And it was, it was a moment that our game needed because while I was the one to, in that moment, in that time, uh, the the efforts of so many uh, women and girls in the game of hockey uh, earned that moment by putting product on the ice over the last 20 years. That's That's been purely a uh, fantastic product. And so without that, I don't think the NHL says okay to that moment. They say, let's move on without Nathan McKinnon. But they've seen our game, and they've seen the growth of our game, and, and they said, let's do this. And it was a moment that broke a lot of barriers and um, got a lot of eyes on our sport. So,
1: Kendall, when when that happened, you you, you talked about a little bit this wasn't planned. You, this wasn't like a month of, of talks, and all of a sudden they said, all right, and next month you're going to skate in this, and you can get ready, and you can practice. This all happened pretty fast, didn't it?
3: <laughs> exactly, Adam. That's ex- Exactly. <laughs> Everything happened really fast. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. It's, I didn't even get my skate sharpened, because I thought I was no doing way. the accuracy um, shoot. I was, dem- I was supposed to demonstrate the accuracy shooting competition uh, alongside Renata Fast from Team Canada. Um, so, you know, I... I didn't bring my elbow pads. I didn't. I didn't sharpen <laughs> my skates. I, I brought my stick and I taped it. That's about it. Um, but you know, so it, it was. It, it all happened pretty quickly. But you know, I, I have to give credit to the NHL, the NHLPA, and all the players in that moment uh, who said yes to that because they had to approve that of that moment. And um, you know, I think with the the little time I knew was probably better because. Yeah. Um, not as, you know, I, I, didn't have time to be nervous about it. Um, you know, I had time to, uh, digest what was about to happen and, and that's what happened. And I think for a lot of us in women's sports, you realize you have, might have one moment, one opportunity to prove, uh, to the world, uh, whatever it is you're proving. And for, for us in the women's hockey world, that was one of them.
2: How important was it to you, Kendall to not only just show up there and skate, but, skate fast right I mean you had a, you went out there and you were, I think you're the first skater clean sheet of ice you got all the eyes on you Your shirt your skates aren't sharp but you didn't want to just go out there and cruise around you went pretty fast and, and I think you beat a couple of NHLers how important was it to show these everyone around the world that not only can we go out on the ice but we can do really well out there
3: well Chris I think you know it's, it's the argument that it's not even an argument but it's the conversation that we have over and over again it's that you know, the women's game is equally as entertaining as the men. Yes, they're, you know, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster in some cases, but our game is equally as entertaining. And so for eyes to finally be on, you know, me in that moment i've been skating like that since i was three years old (laughs) so it wasn't anything out of the ordinary for me and it was you know you've been you've been doing this since you were three years old it's like riding a bike just go out there and do what you do and um you know i skate like that all the time uh so that that was and to be honest if there was one skill that i was going to be comfortable doing in that moment would have been that one (laughs) accuracy shooting not so much i'm more of a passer (laughs) um but I think it, you know what was so great about that moment was the platform it was skated on. And that's what be, that's why it became so big. And that's what we're fighting for in the women's hockey community is to try and build a platform that people are watching this game not every four years at the Olympics, and we're relevant every year because we're working every year, uh, every single day. um but we don't always have that platform to, showcase our speed, our skill, our talent. I mean, Brianna Decker, my teammate took second to Leon Dreisaitl in the premier passer event, and he's having quite a year. So, um, you know, it's, we, we continue to get these opportunities that we earn and we seize them. So it's how do we make them more consistent?
1: Now we get to this year and you guys are going to be doing a three on three competition. You're going to be there. Uh, what will that be like? And do you know who your teammates are going to be at? Can you announce that? Or can you tell us who you're playing with or what the teams are?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know who my teammates are quite yet, um, but I'm, I'm really excited for the opportunity. Um, you know, I think when you think back to 2017, when women were first incorporated into the All-Star weekend in Tampa, there were four of my teammates because we were training for the Olympics down there. Um, Hillary Knight did a fantastic job in the accuracy shooting competition. And then, you know, two years later, um, you know, here we are with, you know, women you know, competing alongside the men and then now incorporating 20 women and we get to play, play the game we love three on three. It's fast. It's skilled. Uh, and we get to put together all of the skills you see in the competition in a game. So I, I'm really excited for the opportunity. I'm excited for uh, the fans in St. Louis to be able to watch us play.
2: Okay, I know you want to play good hockey and, and you know, it's be great to do things in the skills competition, but I know that you take your role as a uh, role model very seriously Why do you take it that seriously? And can you talk a little bit about uh, your role model growing up? I know there's a special uh, hockey player that you, you followed along from the Chicago area. Talk about that dynamic and how that made you kind of the player you are and the inspiration you are today.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Growing up, uh, I wanted to be Chris Chelios. I wore number seven for as long as I could remember. And that was until I met Cami Granato. She's from Downers Grove. And I met her at her hockey camp when I was seven, um, right after the 1998 Olympic Games. I don't remember watching that game at all I don't you know I don't I don't remember anything all I remember was a few short months later at Seven Bridges Ice Arena in Woodridge walking into her hockey camp and seeing over a hundred girls there playing hockey and I held her gold medal and I turned to my parents I said I want to go to the Olympics uh you know girls win gold medals and boys win Stanley Cups um and it was definitely at a time when there weren't many girls playing hockey and a lot of you know a lot of kids in elementary school at the time would tell me girls don't do hockey, go play sports that normal girls play. And, you know, floor hockey was my favorite unit and it was all the other girls' least favorite unit. And, um, it, so when I walked into her hockey camp and I held her gold medal, I, it, you know, it, it changed my life forever. It, it changed, you know, I, I, chased, I wanted to chase something that she had. And I, if I didn't see her, I don't know, if, you know, I don't know where my life would have went in terms of sports. Uh, there was a time that, I thought maybe hockey isn't for girls because I was listening to everyone. And then I went back to meeting Cami and seeing all those other girls and telling myself, well, girls do play hockey. Like I can do this. It doesn't matter that I play with boys like there are other girls out there. And so um, to me, that feeling and that feeling of empowerment that Cam- Cammy gave me at such a young age is something that stuck with me. this day at 27 years old and it's a feeling that i want to try and give back to other uh, young athletes girls and boys Um, and if it can help inspire them to follow their dreams like i did mine um, then i'm doing my job as a role model and it's a job that i take very seriously and it's an honor if if i can be a young um, young person's role model so i hope i can always be the best role model i can be and the best version of myself for them
1: kendall every time i see you i ask you this question Um, but you have so much on your plate. Every time I see you or I check the internet, you're somewhere, you're doing something, you're practicing, you're training, you're playing in a world cup event, in an Olympic tryout event, in, in, uh, doing some work with the Blackhawks, you're teaching kids. What's, what's on your plate right now? Can you give the listeners an idea of, 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 what, what's going on in your world right now?
3: Yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot. Um, You know, last night my my husband and I were at at an event for our foundation, um, and then um, coming up here, I'll be heading to St. Louis, and then we have training camp for the rivalry series in Anaheim, and then we play three games against Canada in Victoria, uh, Vancouver, and then Anaheim. um, And then in between that, I'm doing some San Jose Sharks broadcasting games. Um, and then, um, you know, every day I'm on the ice and then working out. So it's, you know, about four to five hours worth of work, uh, five days a week. And then recently I was in Toronto with our players association that we formed uh, this summer. Um, so those are the games I get when I'm not with the national team. Um, and other than that, I'm, you know, I'm here in our house in Norland park. Um, and then my husband's a free agent this year, so we'll see what happens um and where we go next but that's that's the current docket for yeah, you that's
1: it huh just a little bit <laughs> I th- we all thought we worked hard here so guys uh we better get moving
2: maybe the Bears bear <laughs> agent is that you're gonna push the bears for free agent signing there
3: oh that'd be a dream come true
2: and now the, the state of women's hockey is in a bit of a flux right now it, in your perfect world what do you envision happening with women's hockey professionally moving forward well i think
3: you know Back up to Adam's last question regarding, you know, what's on the docket of my schedule, I think when you ask that second question of, you know, the professional women's hockey being in shambles and what do I hope it looks like, I hope it looks, my schedule clears up, I hope it's, you know, you're a professional athlete and, you know, Adam, you live that life, you, that's your focus every single day is how do I be the best hockey player I can be for the franchise that I'm a part of. And right now we don't have the opportunity to do that. So we're, you know, we're up every day on the ice by ourselves, working out by ourselves, getting together here and there. Um, Currently, you know, we we don't make any money with our players association. And when I did play professional hockey, my salary was $7,000. So I would consider that a donation at that rate. Um, But, you know, I, I, I hope to see a professional league that builds a franchise based off merit that brings the best players all over the world together under one umbrella and is able to do so because of the resources that that league provides. Uh, You just saw the WNBA sign an eight year CBA agreement with the, with the WNBA. And uh, you know, it was, you know, the players can be making up to $500,000. And um, to me, that seems like such a dream. And we're so far, we're so far away from that women's hockey, but we have to start somewhere. And I think that's what our players association goal is and I hope we see a a true professional league you know based on a merit and based on you know players making a livable wage so that they can focus on their craft day in and day out uh, just like a true professional athlete does
2: and how about internationally we all see that uh, the great rivalry between Canada and the U.S. are other countries catching up and guess where do we stand as far as international competition when you've got these two powerhouses and other teams other countries kind of uh, in the shadows trying to get there
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, the rest of the world is coming. The past World Championships, uh, Team Canada took the bronze medal. Uh, Finland beat them, and we played Finland in the gold medal game and uh, won in a shootout. Uh, so it's not just the U.S. and Canada anymore. And it's hard because that narrative's always told, but the rest of the world is right behind us. And I think, you know, if we had a true professional league, people would be able to see how great those players are overseas. Uh, in my opinion, the best defenseman in the world, Jenny Hirokoski, no one's no one's ever seen her. People don't talk about her. And she's arguably the best defenseman to ever play the game. Uh, but if we had a professional league that allowed you know, the best players from all over the world, regardless of where they're from, to play under one umbrella, people would know the women's game a lot better. But we just don't have that platform right now. And if we had that platform, all of those – other countries would be able to get the resources that we have here in North America and bring them back to their national programs and it's it would only grow the game exponentially you know, and the Olympic Games, who knows what the, that becomes, because um, right now we're very, very fortunate here in, the, in North America to have excellent resources for women's hockey from our national programs, USA Hockey and Hockey Canada. But that's not the case uh, with a lot of those other countries. Hence, the Four Nations Cup was canceled by the Swedish Federation. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's an everyday battle. And But I really hope that... Uh, a lot of those players ha- have the ability to come over to North America, play professionally so people can see some of the best world, best players in the world compete.
0: Kendall, thank you very much for joining us. I know you're uh, an inspiration not only to girls, little girls everywhere, but um, athletes and, and men alike. The documentary is called As Fast As Her uh, because you are that inspiration. Girls want to grow up to be as fast as you. It's been a whirlwind last year for you, and uh, I know myself watching it, I was inspired by it as a as a male hockey player. So uh, I can only imagine what little girls look up to you and, and the way they feel seeing you in that light and uh, what you and the rest of the women's hockey players are doing to grow the game and, and grow the sport. So thank you for that. Thank you for joining us. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a great documentary that comes out on January 22nd on Blackhawks.com slash fast as her.
1: Thanks, Kendall.
3: Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Gentlemen, a great Conversation um, with Kendall Coin, and yeah. for those who don't know, her husband, by the way, is an NFL player. Yeah, uh, Michael Schofield. He's played for the Chargers. I think the last year or two. Yep. Uh, she, she mentioned it. He's a free agent, but uh, a lot of talent in and that house. Chris
1: is making a pitch for him to come to the yeah, Bears. Yeah, Chris is going to be on the phone next. <laughs> yeah.
0: and, uh We'll we'll have a contract the in hand very some soon. some lineman help, so we'll we'll bring him yeah. in here and make everybody happy. <laughs> well, a, a great conversation with her. I know we we touched on it, but. Blackhawks.com slash her is the, the site. You can go look at everything there. There's a quick teaser now. There'll be a, a trailer out next Monday, and the full documentary comes out uh, on Wednesday, the 22nd. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for bearing with me this week. Um, get yourself you guys, better. You guys took the brunt of the show, and I appreciate that. Uh, You're
2: playing hurt, and we appreciate
1: yeah, that. Yeah, we
0: appreciate it. Um,
2: yeah, go get healthy.
0: We'll be back next week with Blackhawks Insider uh, for Adam Burrish and Chris Cook. I am Carter Baum. Thank you for joining us on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what Kane and Tapes Drive.